Warning, this podcast may contain strong language. Enjoy the show. everyone welcome to film fight a film analysis podcast where we take two movies with a similar plot or story and see which one is worth your time (laughs) i'm your host zach Bassetta, and i'm here with my co-host television director and artist amber hollinger hey zach how are you excellent how are you I'm good. Doing good. Almost went with great, but then I, that's not that's good enough. Too, it was too much. <laughs> no, it wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Yeah. Got through the uh, hurricane. Okay, here in Her- Southern quake. California. Yes. Uh, or was that? A- <laughs> not distracting him. <laughs> speaking speaking of uh, going second this time instead of third, marketing strategist extraordinaire Jim Vistano is also with us. How are you, Jim? Hello, I'm good. Excellent. I Handsome as the, always. I survived the hurricane also. Good, you are still with us. I'm still with us. And of course, sound engineer and post-production guru, Steve Walter, also among the living. Yes, just barely. We uh, we survived it, and, uh, you know. <laughs> but you could say there was a lot of action going on last weekend. Oh! <laughs> right. Nice segue, nice segue. segue. Yes, <laughs> because our episode today is all about the action, not of the weather variety, but but still yeah. high octane action. <laughs> Tell the folks what we're doing. Uh, we have Atomic Blonde versus John Wick. We're calling this our Elite Special Agents Annihilating Everything in Their Way edition. Mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened yeah and john wick versus atomic blonde sounds like a good movie on its own <laughs> yeah right predator terminator there are there are rumblings of a possible crossover because the creators of these movies have a lot going on they're uh intertwined indeed so i guess uh like let's get down to it let's get the 411 oh Still, still, still. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to start with Atomic Blonde, even though it did not come out first. And Atomic Blonde was directed by David Leach. He has 11 directing credits, including John Wick, Bullet Train, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, Deadpool 2. I mean, basically like a directing god. I yeah. love all of those movies. Did uh, he direct his, John Wick? He did, but he is not, I don't know if he is credited for, no, he's not. And I have a story about why he's not, but he co-directed John Wick. Wow. Yeah. So this is David's mm-hmm. first solo credit as director because he co-directed uh, John Wick with Chad. We'll get to huh. that later. Yeah, this was written by Kurt Johnston. He has eight credits including 300, Act of Valor. This was adapted by a graphic novel originally called The Coldest City, written by Anthony Johnson and illustrated by Sam Hart. So based on comics, which is totally cool. Wasn't 300 a a graphic comic as well? It was. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, that one was super stylized, that movie. Atomic Blunt stars Charlize Theron as Lorraine. And people don't know her. My gosh, she's such a great actress. Oscar winner for Monster. She starred in Tully. Uh, she was in Mad Max Fury Road. She was in Fast X, Devil's Advocate. Many, many credits. She's super, she, super She awesome. was in Bombshell, too. She played Megan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Got a lot of attention for that. James McAvoy played David, and he's known for the X-Men franchise. He was in Split and Night Shyamalan's franchise. He was in Atonement. He was in the Chronicles of Narnia. Little uh, known fact, but he did voiceover for Housebroken, animated series that I directed. 
there. Woo! He was in he was in Narnia. Who was he in Narnia? Wasn't he the the fawn? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was. Yeah, must have been young. I I did, yeah, I don't remember too much about those movies, but I didn't. Yeah, I guess the, that's who the little the, the pan sort of creature. Uh, also stars John Goodman as Emmett. He's from uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Argo, Barton Fink, most, I think, known for the TV series Roseanne, playing Roseanne Barr's husband at the time. And then, of course, I like to always give a voiceover credit for animation, who doesn't love him as the voice of Sully in Monsters, Inc. Absolutely. Yep. He's a, yeah, that guy's awesome. I think he can do no wrong, as far as I'm concerned. John really Goodman. strong cast, really strong yeah. casting in this. Absolutely. I loved him in... Um, uh, Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, that was good too. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, who's the Cyclops? And I hate to say it, I think I like him as an actor a little fuller, even though he's healthier after he lost weight. <laughs> you like a chunky Goodman. <laughs> Who doesn't like a chunky Goodman? <laughs> it's like a new candy bar. <laughs> exactly. Atomic Blonde was uh, released in 2017. At It has a cool runtime of one hour, 55 minutes. And the IMBD summary is an undercover M16 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. Guys, I have to say something. Is it just me or it's IMDB? Is it IMDB? Am I saying it? <laughs> I, I think it's like the third time I was like, am I just, oh, like, I, mean, I tried no, to cut it. I think it's, it's me. It is DB database. I am database. Yes, yes, it is. We can we can cut that out if you want, or you can start. (laughs) Are we just gonna let it be IMBD forever? We don't look at the IMDB. We look at the B. Is it worth me saying it again and you fixing it? (laughs) No, I think this is better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Then on over to stats for John Wick breakdown. Directed by Chad Stoloski, also directed by David Lynch that co-directed. Chad has 15 credits, including Matrix, Resurrection, Sandman, all of the John Wicks. He was stunt coordinator for Deadpool 2, Hunger Games, Wolverine, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows, Red 2. I mean, good Lord. These guys must all be friends or something, because that's a lot of crossover. I don't know if we've had that much crossover. So much crossover. Yeah. Well, I feel like John John Wick wasn't like an independent film, but I mean, it was not a big tentpole studio. I mean, maybe it was mm-hmm. kind of like a grassroots kind of, hey guys, let's try to do a cool, we're all action guys. Just a theory, I don't know. No, I mean, I mean, we'll get into this later, but the, the budget on it was only like $20 million, so. Relatively low, yeah. Low, low considering, you know. I'm What's $20 million between friends? Yeah. I want to say that they made this without without studio backing at first, and then yeah. after it was made, got picked up. So it was kind of an independent. Yeah, I have to fact check that, but that is yeah. what I recall from the time this came out. I mean, with that kind of budget, that doesn't surprise me because you know it's not like it's that old. It's 2014, so 20 million dollars is not 20. I think it said between 20 and 30, but a couple things that I saw 20 million. Keanu knew Chad from The Matrix. Mm-hmm. So was happy to be in his friend's film because you mm-hmm. know, if anything, everyone knows that Keanu's reputation precedes him. He's the just man can a, kick off a franchise. He kick off a franchise, but just a lovely human being, a good yes. friend, always uh, giving of himself for others. He's just got a great reputation. Absolutely. Suffered a lot of tragedy, right? A lot of yeah. tragedy in his past. Mm-hmm. You know, I think giving him a perspective that not many people know, you know, he's, yeah, like I've heard of really good things about him as far as being nice. I think he gave away millions of dollars on that last Matrix movies that nobody saw. Um, but I heard he gave away tons of money. He's yeah. like the Taylor Swift of action guys. Really kind to his crew. I think he paid mm-hmm. off a mortgage for somebody's house on his crew that had gone into default. Very caring human being. Yeah. And he, I mean, Linka, I mean, his personal life aside, he does have a lot of things that went on um, that weren't so positive in his personal life. But his professional life, I mean, when he does something, and like you said, like John Wick, he didn't, you know, $20 million. He wasn't paid that much for this movie, and at least on the front end at all. And look at the franchise it becomes. Same thing with Matrix. It's like, you know, he made Matrix a huge franchise. I mean, everything he kind of does is very successful, and it kind of 
I mean, it's good for I'm glad because he's he's a good person. He's good karma and, you know. For sure. It, but it's almost like he's had to reinvent himself or because like, you know, I discovered him in Bill and Ted, of course, which is my favorite yeah, movie of all time. Of course. Yeah. And he was around for a while and kind of a joke to yeah, a degree. No. For... Because of that movie, I think, too. Yeah. Well, his I... his he didn't find his niche acting stuff. Remember he did Brown Stoker and he was real awkward yeah. in it. It was, yeah. He Bill yeah. and Ted, perfect casting. The Matrix was kind of his comeback. Yeah. yeah, point break, perfect casting. He did a bunch of other wasn't there like a devil movie? Devil's, was, Devil's Advocate. Yeah. And and where you're like he was trying to do some stuff that it just didn't work. And then the Matrix, it's kind of like Schwarzenegger. Like these roles fit his style of acting. He doesn't I wouldn't say he's broad, but he's very good at what he does. Yeah. I mean speed too. Speed was also a huge movie. Speed, exactly. I love Speed. That was a great movie. Oh, you mean the movie? Yeah. I like all of it. <laughs> He's really appealing on yeah. screen, for sure. And I think all great actors reinvent themselves. Most musicians mm -hmm. reinvent themselves over time. You have to stay relevant, and then you grow out of one phase and into another. So it only makes sense that he would grow in his roles, the kind of things that he likes to take on. But he man, does he take on some really arduous roles because doing this kind of film for a friend, the kind of training and hours and time commitment spent is just no joke at all. He's no spring chicken. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> We're almost the same age. <laughs> I mean, that is true. But, but, it, but it's, it's impressive how physical he is in these yeah. movies and crazy. he pulls it all off. Absolutely crazy. And originally when they were writing the script for John Wicks, they had imagined him to be a man in his 60s. There's okay. just no way. No. So they had to change that around. Oh, but I wanted he to go back to why uh, Chad got solo directing credit. And that's because David Leach decided to take producer credit instead because DJ regulations only allowed for one director on the title card, which is strange because you yeah, can do co-directing, but for whatever reason at that time. But I mean, there have been co-directors, the the Hughes brothers. Uh, for Warshawski, wasn't that before? Maybe it was the, the contract that the, the, the movie was made under? A specific under. contract. Yeah. Very specific, because I had never heard that before, that you couldn't share a title card. So that's why. But he did put in the work, but he was happy to take producing credit on it. 20 million. Maybe it was a SAG ultra low budget. Mm -hmm. <laughs> ultra low. Compared uh, to most, do we do we just gloss over? I think we may have known this, but Zach's favorite movie is Bill and Ted. Do we know that already? We knew that, didn't we? I'm sure I've mentioned it. Yes. Oh, that is the. What is your favorite line from that movie? Why would we lie to ourselves? Wow. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Bill? That's a good one. I've only seen that movie once, and it was like a hundred years ago when it came out. Oh, really? Uh, John Wick was written by Derek Kolstad. He has 22 credits, but most notably the John Wick franchise series. Uh, he got the name John Wick because it's his grandfather's name. His grandfather, who's in his 80s, named John Wick. And that was kind of the inspiration for the name and the main, the main character. I thought it was almost <laughs> referring to like the wick of a candle. Like he's got a short. That's what I thought. No. Right? Yeah, it would have been cool, but no. It's also just as cool that his grandpa just had happened to like a badass name. So it's a cool name. That's where it came from. And then it stars, of course, Keanu Reeves has John Wick and he's known for the Matrix Speed, Point Break, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, The Lake House, Something's Gotta Give. Uh, he does voiceover work for the DC League of Super Pets, which is an animated film. Um, he's done voices for SpongeBob. He's done voices for Toy Story franchise, Toy Story 4. So all over. Duke Nukem, a Duke great Nukem. character. That was the guy. Duke Nukem. He was the motorcycle, Canadian motorcycle guy. Ooh, a stretch going accent. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know that uh, Keanu Reeves owns his own motorcycle manufacturing company. He his, he has a, yeah, they, they shut up. <clears throat> Jim. Hey. <laughs> no, they he owns a, a factory that he makes, wants. <laughs> he makes yeah. motorcycles. Like uh I, I was fascinated with it. This was probably a couple years ago that I, I stumbled across it on YouTube and I was like watching him do his training, like his legit gun training uh for the uh, for I think it was for Matrix or maybe it was John Wick, one of those movies where he was doing a lot of gun work, and I stumbled onto a thread and found out that he makes his own Motors, or he bought a company that makes motorcycles. He liked them so much that he bought these guys, little private company, 
And now they all make motorcycles together. It's so cool. He might be the coolest guy in Hollywood, for sure. He's definitely got to be top five. Top five. Yeah, sure. top five cool, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plays well, bass go- in a band. Dog star. Oh, yeah, dang. They're terrible, though. Sorry. So he's yeah, going to be it like, a- it doesn't matter. So now I think that moves you up into top three if you have a band. Totally. Just having the band is pretty cool. Guns, motorcycles, gives up a seat on the subway to old ladies in a band. Uh-huh. Uh, he's he's up there. He's yeah. definitely up there. Starring Keanu Reeves, also starring Michael Ninquist as Vig- as Vigo. That's the main big bad. Uh, he was in Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Kind of typecast. If you see him, you know that bad guy is coming. Like he never plays the good guy. Russian bad guy. Bad guy, yeah. Alfie Allen plays Vigo's son. I think it's Esau. Is that how you pronounce his name? I don't know. I would assume Joseph, but Joseph? I, Maybe. Yeah. I, I is sometimes Yosef? I mean, you've seen Last Crusade. <laughs> He's in Predator and Game of Thrones. And then, of course, William Defoe as Marcus. And he was in Spider-Man as the Green Goblin, the Florida and Project. As great as Defoe was, totally forgot he bit, he was in it. Yeah, he plays the sneaky sniper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably best known for being nominated in an Oscar for Platoon. But Defoe, great character. But that's how, I mean, that's how powerful the rest of the performances are that you don't remember William Defoe because he's always a force on scene. Totally. Usually memorable. You no, know, I there's another thing William Defoe is known for. Oh my. <laughs> Did you guys not know that? I, I don't know why. If you could get stuck with that as your like thing, you're lucky. Mm. What? Only Amber knows? I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I heard he has a huge hog. I don't know. That's just somebody told me. Always a plus. Great. Good for him. So he rides motorcycles too. Is that what? Yeah, you're with the side, but it has a sidecar. <laughs> it has a sidecar for his pants. Uh, John Wick was released in 2014. Cool runtime of one hour 41 minutes. And the IMDb summary is: An ex-hitman comes out of retirement to track down the gangster who killed his dog and stole his car. Nice, clean, simple so story. Simple. Yeah, and I think that's. I rewatched some scenes from Atomic Blonde to kind of refresh my memory. And I think that was kind of the biggest difference to me was just how incredibly simple John Wick is and how utterly convoluted Atomic Blonde was. It's very complex. Well, to be fair, they took the inspiration for Atomic Blonde, which I didn't know, but Charlize spent five years developing this movie. It was was her passion project. Which is crazy, but... She listened, she put her heart and soul and her time and her commitment, and she was amazing in that role. She kicked ass. She was aside from her role. accent. She was I great. was just about to say that, but I think it turned out that the English accent was supposed to be a bit weak, true, maybe, but true. it didn't good point. But it didn't come across that way the whole time. We kept going, What? Like it was it wasn't as bad as Kevin Costner, but you kept going, eh. But then it all turned out that maybe it was supposed to be a little weak. Right, because she also had a Russian accent, an American accent, whatever she needed to be. But I'm sure that you know that the inspiration for John Wick actually came from a story that the ex-Navy SEAL uh, Marcus Luttrell, the, the one who wrote Lone Survivor, this came from a story from him. So John Wick is loosely based on this story, which is basically um, during Operation Red Wings in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, this would be um, 2005. He claims that he was gifted a puppy named Daisy and that in the middle of the night, he was awoken by gunfire to find the dog dead in the front yard. He went to grab guns, went chasing after these criminals for blocks and blocks until he cornered them and detained them for the police to apprehend and that he said he could have killed them but he's too much killing in his day so that's why he's John Wickham that is a hundred percent true and you can actually hear his 911 call on the internet I'm a big fan of Marcus Luttrell huge fan I've read his book at least four times and that is a hundred percent true story and if you're gonna pick these are just some kids out being idiots and if you're gonna really? shoot somebody's dog you don't want it to be marcus luttrell that guy is literally one of the toughest dudes that's ever walked the face of the earth in my opinion he survived that operation red wing you guys saw Lone survivor oh it's worth it it's an outstanding story 
Um, anyway, he is not one to be messed with. He's a Navy SEAL, born and raised in West Texas or East Texas. He's 6'6", 270 pounds. And the guy is a giant. He could have probably grabbed those kids and just like banged their heads together. Well, I do like this version better. (laughs) (laughs) I did not, Amber, I didn't know that. That's amazing. I I love that story so much. I have never heard that. That's great. I knew that he chased those people down, but um, I- (laughs) So you had heard the story. You didn't know it was connected to the movie. I did not. That's crazy. All right. I shouldn't ask that question because the first thing that pops in my mind is how could you hear that story and then also see this movie and not the put it together- I, I don't, I don't know. know that there's enough to like automatically think like, oh, that must have been based on that story. But it's hearing that they're connected, Daisy that got shot and then he went after them. That's pretty. Yes, but specific. he didn't take down a, a Russian oligarch. <laughs> Not that he's copying to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's pretty pretty incredible. Considering that it was based on just a, a small kind of event like that, like. The writing for John Wick was so good. Just the way they built stuff, the the dialogue was so believable but cool at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm surprised uh, this Derek Kolstad guy he didn't write anything else worth mentioning, and yet I think his John Wick movies are fucking great. They're amazing, and I think so much too. Like I would actually love to get a hold of one of his screenplays because. I don't know how, what kind of a writer is. Does he direct on the page? Because so much of this franchise relies upon the strength of the directing. I mean, the scene mapping, the choreography, the shot selection, the cutting and the editing, like these movies could not stand without those. So I'm really curious to see how much of the heavy lifting is actually done by the writer. I think after seeing them, I would guess it's a lot of the directing. And also, though, as the series goes on, there is less and less dialogue and more and more fighting. I actually have all the stats online. In John Wick, Chapter 1, he speaks 484 words. In John Wick, Chapter 2, 499 words. In John Wick, Chapter 3, 410 words. Getting up there. Mm -hmm. And then the least amount of words is in the most recent chapter four, 380 words, not lines, just words. He lets his guns do the talking. That is crazy. And then we also, I think we had the stats. We looked up, this was the first time I think we watched both movies that Mm -hmm. we were doing podcasts, which I loved. That's way better that way. And we looked up at the time, like how many people did he kill in this movie? Chapter one. 84. He kills 128 in chapter two. In Let's chapter- go. In chapter three, went back down 94, but then made up for that in chapter four with 151. There you oh go. But but also to just like he he has the action side, but then like there's so much heart to his character as well. Where I love this the the moment where he lets the the guard go. And he sneaks up behind him because he knows that he's going to go in and kill all these fucking guys. And yeah. he's, and and with just one line, like they obviously know each other. You know, how have you been? You're looking thinner. It's like, uh, why don't you take the night off? Ah, so good. Yeah. Well, and I read about that particular scene and it was all codes. So it was really specific. Like, hey, you're looking thinner. How much weight did you lose? And he's like 20 pounds. He was telling John there were 20 bad guys. Because he gave him that information, that's why John let him go. And that that uh, guard was also professional wrestler Kevin Nash, uh, of what New World Order fame. Oh my gosh! Zach, way to go! Just so you know, it had to be said. (laughs) There is so much ancillary information about this movie that I had no idea about. Yeah. Right. Insane. Like I loved reading and researching about this movie because there was just so much gold to mind at every turn. I love all of the crossover things that are happening. So uh, John Leach, the director, co-director, fight choreographer, he is uh, the brand ambassador for a watch company called Carl F. Bookerer. And those, uh, it was referenced in both movies. So remember in Atomic Blonde, she had to go into this watch shop to get some secret details mm-hmm. that was uh, showcasing the Berkerer brand of watches. And then in John Wick, John Wick's watch that they focus on quite a bit was one of those watches. It's a nice watch. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. And then I did find out like, you know, how John takes his watch and then turns it on the inside of his wrist. 
I guess soldiers do this um, to see the time while they're holding a rifle when they're in war. So it was like an actual, like, that's why he does that. So many my dad, little- my dad did that when he was playing the bass so he could see what time it was when he was on stage. He would turn his watch around. So, so similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost as dangerous being. Almost. Just, <laughs> it does, so just like John Wick. So close. Just, like there's so many details work in John Wick. And I just felt like in Atomic Blonde, either those details kind of weren't there. Like it, it was very like sort of ham fisted, I guess. But just a lot of it. The reliance on 80s music felt like a gimmick at a certain point. Like, it's funny because I was watching those clips online and almost every single one of them was a fight starts. Somehow an 80s song is also playing. And then the fight, you know, is to the song. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Although we, yeah. uh, we commented how much we were enjoying the mu- the music during the movie. I yes, did. I appreciate it. I 100% enjoyed it because, you know, it's 80s. Sorry, I have some notes uh, that I was, since we're talking about the, the movies, hold on a second. I got, I got to do. That's okay. That's enough of that. So I wrote for Atomic Blonde, two notes, music plus one, what we were just talking about, yep. and nips plus two. I love <laughs> the nudity. <laughs> just for extra, extra fun. And for John Wick, I wrote, the car was amazing. Why the dog? Like, I get it. They needed, uh, uh, you know, something else to push him over the edge. But that part when he comes to after being knocked out and there's the blood trail where the dog obviously dragged its dying body. I think it's so effective. Oh, I mean, you know, the beginning of that movie is so it just goes him, wife, she's dead, gets the dog and then it's it's on. You know, he's just going to get gas. And Alfie Allen, who plays such a jerk uh, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and then I wrote, um, I like the gun wine tasting bit. Like, like he was like talking about going to get the guns from the guy, and it was like a wine tasting almost. And uh, the sniper savior, which I already said. And but to John Wick, it didn't take very long at all for you to understand what was going on. Like you said, Zach, it was just like this very not basic, but oh my god! Speaking of dogs, which one are you going to get dragged on the floor? God, <laughs> get out of here, you ding dongs! Sorry. Economic uh, with its exposition. Oh, look at this one. Beautiful. Oh, no, <laughs> <Hello>, Pearl. <laughs> and without, with no dialogue whatsoever, just a superb yeah. directing. Like, well, the, like per- it was perfect, perfect opening. Like you didn't have to think at all, which I love. Mm-hmm. Not having to think. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Atomic Blonde, I I was appreciative of the cinematography. I thought like it was done really well. For sure. Um, and the fight scenes, specifically the one that was in the apartment, yeah, was absolutely stunning. It looked painful. It looked like she was really getting beat up, which to a certain degree she fight choreography was great. Yeah, but you know, I think throughout the movie we were all kind of going, "What? Who? Oh, is it that guy? No, it's that guy." You know what I mean? There was there was zero of that in John Wick. It was obvious what was very going clear on. what was happening. Now I don't know. I'm sure some of those Mister X. We're supposed to keep us confused in Atomic Blonde. I don't think it was the kind of confusing that we were experiencing, though. It wasn't quite the right kind where at the end we go, oh, yeah. At the end, we were still like, huh? Wait, wait. So, yeah. <laughs> she's American? Oh, she's American. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, when you when you go from when you go from agent to double agent to triple agent, then, you know, that's it beca- you're like, whoa, OK, wait, what? Oh, like she had triple crossed people and it was yeah. just uh, yeah and even at the end i was like is that what that is, is she you really needed to watch it a second is? time and i wasn't going to do that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh they had some product placement in in atomic blonde as well because Sharon is the face of dior so when she was fishing through a drawer and she had a picture of herself and the one agent that had just been murdered that was apparently her friend there was a bottle of dior perfume sitting right next to it just a little wink and a nod get that extra payday yeah jim was like that was me i wrote that in there i wrote that in there yeah <laughs> he's like seamless seamless you did mention her 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 fighting and working out i did read that she had eight personal trainers with this and wow. she said they basically made her puke every day. So she definitely worked her butt off for the movie. And she trained with Keanu Reeves when he was doing training for John. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, they were like being competitive with each other. Yeah. 
but I can't, I mean, I can't even imagine. I mean, that's oh still, that's a lot of, that's a lot of heavy duty workouts. You know, it's not like. Oh, maybe she's just a whip and just barfs when she works out a little bit. You know I mean? That's possible. I don't think so. But she also know. cracked her teeth from clenching her jaw too much. Cracked oh, teeth. you have to. Yeah. When you're fighting, you have to be real no. careful because if you, if you clinch it too hard or if you don't have it close enough, you have to have like the perfect amount of pressure. If you don't have it close enough and you hit and your teeth clack together, you can break yeah. a tooth that way. Or if you have it too tight and there's nowhere for it to go, yeah. it's really tough. And you don't want to get hit in the mouth. That's a, that's a bad place to get hit. Are you speaking no. from experience? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Is that what they call you? Glass jaw, Walter? <laughs> no, I can take a punch. There's oh. no doubt about that. Nice. We're uh, going to test that out in the next screening. <laughs> which one of you is going to hit me first so well, it was talking about the training i can't even believe that both of these lead actors Charlize and keanu amazing amounts of dedication months and months of weapons training physical training combat training martial arts training and then of course the scene mapping and choreography that has to go in to make it look spontaneous and seamless for our enjoyment it's it's unfathomable the kind of dedication that that takes and it's it's just eye candy for everybody and Keanu did so we have read 90% of his own stunts he trained for four months, eight hours a day, both in martial arts and weapons training. And some of his weapons training instructors said that he was almost too good, that he was faster and better at reloading magazine guns than some soldiers that they had trained. Well, surely he had some experience, like the Matrix alone, a lot of guns. I mean, not that I'm sure he put a lot of effort into this film as well, but I wonder if he had a little background in it. So many different guns, though. Like, he doesn't just yeah. have, like, one. He's not like a Clint Eastwood with his one bad boy. He has, like, dozens and dozens of different guns that he used at just, like, one after the other. Right. Good sound design, Amber. Well done. I got a job for you if you ever need one. <laughs> oh, I have a sound tidbit. Did you know in Atomic Blonde that the Wilhelm scream was used? And I actually did not know what that was, but I'm like, oh, I bet you Steve knows what that is. Oh my gosh, it's a, it's, it's a, Famous. yeah, it's a huge thing. It's if, if you can get it, it's in a lot of movies. Every Star Wars movie has it. Every Indiana Jones has it. Um, it's a gag. You can actually look it up on YouTube. If you just look up Wilhelm Scream, it'll give you a, first it shows you the actual bit from an old movie. It's an old Western. Do you guys have, have you ever seen it? It's hilarious. Oh, so sure. there's a guy on a horse and somebody goes, hey, Wilhelm. And then he gets shot in the leg with an arrow and he makes that scream. The one that goes, or whatever, yeah. I'm not going to do it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and and that became the Wilhelm. And now it's in every, it's, it's a joke for sound guys to put it in when they can't. First used in 1951. It's like the first meme. Oh, that's right, Jim. Exactly. But I think the, the USC guys like, you know, uh, Spielberg and George Lucas kind of, brought it back as a gag and then it starts popping up i mean what's it i, I don't even know how many movies it's been in at this point hundreds, oh, hundreds not look it yeah. up, but at the, oh wait it's been more than 400 i did look it up huh. shocking. shocking damn i'm good <laughs> wait a second it's 400, oh, yes. Over 400. <laughs> more than 400 films and it was first done in 1951 in that movie that Steve was talking about. And I'm like, I love that. I love that they even peppered in little things like that for film buffs mm -hmm. and sound buffs, audio buffs. But it just it never seemed like it's a, such a fine balance, right? Like John Wick never feels silly to me. Like it never feels like sort of insulting. I mean, like even though the, even though there's a lot of just ridiculous stuff, especially in the sequels, like it takes itself seriously enough that you can buy into it as well but it doesn't i don't know it's just everything sort of stacks together so well for me in those movies one of my favorite scenes is when he um when alfie's character takes the car to john leguizamo's chop shop and and john leguizamo's there and he and he has that interaction with him and it's like that's when you know okay because if you hadn't seen the movie you wouldn't know exactly what john wick was about necessarily but the fear that he played the fact that he punched the mafia boss's son. I mean, you just don't do that. And then he didn't shy away from it. That's he said, yeah, I, I did that. And he's like, why would you do that? And he goes, because he stole John Wick's car and shot his dog. And the guy goes, oh, oh. 
Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. It's That's brilliant. exactly what I was going to say is that like they didn't do any. I mean, they did like the, the wife and all that stuff backstory, but all the other backstory stuff you get about John Wick, his character and development and everything is through the other characters dialogue about him. And it's so effective. We're like exactly the way that John Leguizamo plays like he recognizes the car. There's so much weight. Do you realize what you just fucking did? And the way that yeah. dad plays it too, it's like he he he's pretty much resigned to like there's a little glint of hope at the end, I think. But for the most part, he knows he's dead because it's yeah. John Wick. Yeah, it was great and completely believable, right? They laid that the breadcrumbs out for us to follow. And then when John Wick really did start kicking ass, it did not disappoint. Like we got the full idea of who he was as a character. And the death of uh Yosef or whatever his name is. Uh mm-hmm. like it's so I love when uh the bad guy doesn't get to finish what he's saying. He just gets right. shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't get a final line. I did read that during one of the fight scenes, the guy who played Vigo got his head cut so badly that his ear was laying on his shoulder and he needed over 80 stitches. Oh and they my had gosh. To, they had to reshoot the scenes so they could kind of cover up that mess and that scar. Oh and God. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like these actors really oh. sacrificed their bodies to make this film. Method acting. 80, 80 stitches. Your ear, imagine that's, that ear laying on the It shoulder. must have come off completely. Gross. How did it happen? Yes. During one of the uh, Just fight, just in the fight yeah, scene? He, yeah, he bit him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part that they were like, we can't put you biting somebody, John Wick. You're too cool. And he was like, all that's right, well, I got carried like, away. Walk away. I mean, if you're going to get a scar, that's a badass story to tell. I don't think someone's going to be. yeah. And yet there's so much great world building in John Wick, but Atomic Blonde, I don't need to see a sequel to that. Okay. I thought it was, I thought it was just pretty enough to enjoy it as, as, I mean, it's hard to compete with John Wick really but as a standalone by itself i felt like she was an, a believable character the plot didn't really help movie but i felt like if it was something different with her and that way that the movie looked i felt i felt like it was really pretty and stylized almost like a comic book we just want a different movie with the same cinematographer yeah there yeah. you go right. and surely they're on kicking people in the face i just i think you just need a simpler storyline you know, the storyline was just too complex. There's just way too much stuff going on. I never understood where James McAvoy's character's loyalty really was. Like, was he just in it for himself? Wasn't he the, he was the, he was the guy that ultimately betrayed everybody. Remember he, that scene where they were walking down the, and the, and the alley trying to get the guy who had the list in his head. Mm-hmm. They were trying to escape and he just walks up beside him and pop, pop, pop. That was kind yeah. of neat. But that's when you knew like, oh, we kind of all guessed like it's got to be him, right? There was. There was right. nobody else. It wasn't actually him. He wasn't the double agent. No. Charlize Wait a minute. Was. Right, right. But he I'm saying. Happened, but he happened I, to be a traitor. Right. I thought he was supposed to be working for the MI6, but he was actually working for the Russians, right? Or was he just working for himself? I think he saw an opportunity and took it. And he flipped on the people he was working for because he thought he could get more right. money. That's right. That's right. And that's right. that character's role, a James McAvoy is David's character's role, was originally had a small part and was just supposed to be a red herring as that double agent. But he actually talked to the director and said that he thought he should have a bigger part in the, third, movie, buddy. in the third act and become more of a bad guy. And I'm like, well, some ballsy, oh, like, hey, I should probably be more in this movie. And he's like, all right, I guess you should. Because I feel like his character really made it more confusing. Right. Probably since it wasn't originally planned that way, maybe that uh, in his mind he thought he could contribute more, but it was a little bit of a little bit they of. Sh- they sort of it felt like it kind of shoehorned him in there at the end. It could have just been a regular bad guy, but why have the twist? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, like like when he flipped, nobody was like, "Oh no!" It was right. just like, "Oh yeah, he's a douche," like no doubt. Yeah, I yeah. like the concept though, like the story of her being the double agent the whole time. I think was really mm-hmm. really cool. I mm-hmm. think that, you know, if you get a movie like Memento or The Usual Suspects and they're telling things out of time like that with those flashbacks, just so much more effective. Like the end of Usual Suspects when you find out who that Kevin Spacey has been, uh, Kaiser Sorcerer. Oh, wait, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you really are like sucker punched and watching everything yeah. kind of fall together. And they wanted that so 
badly, but it just didn't quite land. I thought it was like an A yeah. for effort. Yeah. yeah well, the usual suspects, the way you find out, the way his foot starts straightening out, the way you start seeing the stuff on the walls, and you're putting it together at the same time, you're like, whoa. That, that movie, yeah, we're we're realizing it. I don't know anybody that saw that coming. It's like as no. Chaz, it's Chaz Palminteri, right? He's looking at the wall. He sees the bottom of the cup, and now we're figuring it out at the exact same time. I mean, that was that was brilliant. One of the best twists ever. Oh, like yeah. Sixth Sense, I figured that one out about halfway through, oh, just you're by so accident. Special. I did not well, see no, that I mean, coming. Actually, I was in high school in my. I, I did. I saw I, before the end of it. I figured it out, and I turned to Leslie, and I'm like, "Oh, I know what it is." And she's like, yeah. "Don't say anything." I'm like, "I won't say anything." My buddy Alex, his uh, his wife does costumes and she noticed right away he hadn't changed clothes in, in two or three scenes he's dead oh yeah oh oh shit spoiler sorry if you haven't seen you know what no no like if five you haven't movies. seen if you haven't seen six cents by now that's on you buddy yeah it's not my you. fault it's been like 25 years at this point exactly yeah, you're not allowed to you know what you know what's kind of interesting too is atomic blonde takes place that berlin wall plays a plays a part in that because it was just before it came down it was like eight days or a week before the the wall came down. So that was kind of playing in the background too of all the new stuff, all the stuff going on with that wall coming down, which I thought was kind of interesting because of the all the stuff going on in around that time period in what, 89 or whatever that was. Right, because so, they were in Russia, but the Germany was in the news. Yep. Uh, but she and was, it was American. Yeah, and it was, it was weird. It was like, you're showing all that stuff and it was like, they're showing like this time period where all this unrest and all this stuff's going on. And, you know, I thought it was kind of kind of neat. And that's why they used all the 80s music too, because it was supposed to be in the 80s. So I love and he did say, he he purposely did all that 80s music and wanted all that music in there. And the directors were, I mean, I mean the producers were like, I don't know if we're going to be able to afford all this because that's a lot of music and that's not cheap. So, sure. um, but he said he got, he got 75% of his, uh, of the songs he wanted, he got 75% of them. The only song he, he didn't get that he really, really wanted was Take My Breath Away by Berlin. Instead, Wasn't he got, that already in Top Gun? It was in yeah. Top Gun. Probably it's not like, I'm not against it. I love 80s music. Yeah. I love 80s soundtracks. It's just, I feel like on the whole, um, Atomic Blonde had kind of a more juvenile. It was more music video-y. It, oh, they yeah. had a, there was a lot of music in it yeah. and that was i mean it was set in the 80s yeah i love that they actually shot they shot everything in europe they shot everything in in germany which is fantastic so i'm loving that because i thought that was a great choice it would not have played mm -hmm. as well shot in america music didn't bother me at all i mean it is right. very much graphic novel comic booky it it played into that where john wick wasn't comic book at all and i think that's probably right. the biggest difference in tone totally i will say it didn't bother me watching it when we watched it but then when i watched it back in clips and every clip was that same thing i guess it was just way more apparent yeah well it makes it look like music videos yeah. basically you know because that's all you're watching and i get that i can i can see that because you're like okay i miss music videos i love music videos yeah yeah. And one thing that that marries these two films together is the stunt choreography. I mean, not only the scene planning by the director, like these two creatives have to work so closely hand in hand for all of this to come off seamlessly while you're shooting. And while John Wick is known for no cut, continuous, like five oh, to 10 gosh. minute action scenes, it's just insane. I was wondering about the best fight sequence in Atomic Blonde. That's the one that's seemingly 10 minutes shot in that building in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And it was not one shot. It was probably 40 different shots, but just seamlessly edited together. There was some CGI work in there and some swish mm -hmm. pans that kind of, um, there was some door frames that kind of gave you like a, a vertical place to cut the film. So I thought that was really, really smart because well it did. It, I mean, seamlessly look like. You know, when you talk about the choreography of those movies and how hard that is, look at a movie like, um, what was the second Star Wars movie with Kylo Ren? Last Whatever time. that one was. There's there's a there's a, a scene at the end where they're fighting in Professor Snoke or whatever Snape. What is his name? <laughs> Snoke. Snoke. Professor Snoke, <laughs> right. They're fighting in his chamber room. Mm -hmm. And it is so poorly choreographed. You can see in the background. So there's two people fighting like six guards. And at any one time, 
two or three of the guards are just standing there waiting to get stabbed. You know what I mean? There's no, like in John Wick, when he's fighting three people or four people or two people, everybody's fighting. Nobody's waiting their turn. You know what right. I mean? It, yeah. It, if they're not it, punching, they're like recovering from a hit. Yeah. They're on the ground. Yeah, yeah, or, or he's throw, like it, it also in atomic blonde, like nobody was waiting for anything. Yeah. There was a great scene where they were coming out of the room and there was a gun and they were both fighting for the gun and she gets smashed against the door and comes forward and he tries to grab the gun. He kicks her down the stairs and it's like, okay, it all works. It was yeah. just like you said, it was so well done and it must've been excruciatingly difficult because how do you, how do you stage falling down the stairs without just doing it? You know what I mean? Like those people were not, not I mean, maybe they have pads under their, their, uh, but it's, their clothes, can't baby. Gravity. Yeah, yeah. You can't, I, I mean, when you see somebody falling down the stairs, pads or not, that's freaking crazy. What about the scenes in John Wick? And this seems to be like a running thread through, well, I've only seen two John Wick films, the first one and the fourth one, but both of them had like continuous camera tracking John Wick through a club scene, nightclub, a very sexy dancing. And then John gets thrown over a balcony in both movies and just like smashes on his back. Oh, you can feel every bone break. Oh, oh just I bet crazy. that knocked the wind out of him. And, and the, the four, I, I mentioned this, uh, I was talking to some friends the other day about like uh, part four in the scene where he has to go up the stairs again Oh. It's so freaking good. Like you really feel that he earns, oh. you know, his victory. Like I did not think that they could find more ways to thwart his efforts to get to the top of that hill in number four. I'm like, my God, they didn't. They did not. And it is, you're right. It is amazing to choreograph something like that. I mean, I can't even imagine because it's not like a dance. It's like, you know, that's something separate. This is like hand-to-hand -hand combat. You're flipping, you're falling, you're, there's things breaking, there's props, there's ever, all this stuff. And, it, and they go on, like you said, forever. So it's like, how do you, I mean, it, it is, it is amazing how they can get that done. And it looks so real and so uh, uh, so well put together. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. what I really love about the John Wick movies is that they have that, but they back it up with like a good script, good writing, good yeah. story. Right. The John Wick franchise is my oldest son's favorite movie franchise. Fair enough. That's when we were looking for something to watch this week and we did, um, he was like, what about John Wick? Dylan hasn't seen it. And I had already downloaded Anchorman. <laughs> Oh. Which was also very good. <laughs> it still holds up. Well, good for him. I respect him even more now. Yeah, oh, I'll tell him you said that. So you didn't, so Dylan didn't see it? He has not seen it yet. Um, I'm sure that we will get around to it. Uh, I haven't seen any of them except for number one. So oh, Ashlyn and I saw it number four together and we legit were at the same time, both of us like... <gasps> <laughs> like oh and jumping to give you that give you, oh, I, and yeah, it's, and it's so much better it. if you've seen the whole series too i mean like there's not a lot of like callbacks and stuff but just a, like there's more content the progression yeah exactly. the progression of like, number two and three are on my list now like i'm obsessed with it just like, number th number three to me was like there was it seemed like that se that seemed like there's the most fighting in that one i haven't seen four yet but three, it's just one fight scene after another. I mean, it's like, it's exhausting just watching it. Is that the one with Halle Berry? Or is that two? That, no, I think that's with her too. No, that's with her. Okay. It Halle is with her. I believe so. She's in, I saw two and three at the same around the same time. So I know she's in at least one of them. Mm -hmm. But it might have been three she was in. Whatever, whatever it was, I mean, he just, in that movie, it's just fight scene after fight scene after fight scene after. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, like, how do they do this? And imagine how many takes to do that fight scene so that during a day, you must have to do that repeatedly over and over and over and over. And now, over. now you say that he does, he's not like, if these scenes are like 10 minutes long or five minutes, it's just the fight scenes, five minutes. And they do, they shoot it in like one take type of thing. You're going to have and to- if they, they can't ace it every time. Yeah, I was, I would say they would have to do it. Well, yeah, I mean, just, it, to me, it's just- some, yeah, And like, how long is it? Bring in, bring in the stunt coffee table, number four. I know. Crash, the guy's like, dude, I cannot go through that balcony. I can't do it again. Let's it was, just the prop guys are like, I cannot make that window yeah. one more time. <laughs> it takes an hour and a half to go back to one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something I didn't know is that uh, Eva Longoria was a producer of John Wick. The same Eva Longoria from Desperate Housewives? Right. And so during no. interview uh, press junket time, when the directors were asked about Eva's involvement, 
She just wrote a check. They never saw hi they never even spoke to her. She just was oh, like good for her. I wonder who she wrote the check for. Like who did she know that was involved that she was helping out? Probably Keanu. Yeah, everyone loves Keanu. Everyone likes him. It seems like David and Chad are still pretty heavy hitters. Like if you're looking yeah. at their filmography. So clearly, I mean I think the John Wick series put everyone involved on a nice career path. I mean, oh, sure. already, obviously, but I feel like the Chad and uh, David guys were, you know, they were like the stunt coordinators, like the behind the scenes guys. And now they're like, whatever you call it, top of the line. <laughs> Which is great, right? That's like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Big, it's big nice to have something original that's like, you know, popular and working and continuing. I did a movie. I did a, a sound, a soundtrack, some sound design for a movie that was made back in the late seventies, and it was directed by all. <clears throat> it was directed by a stuntman. So he basically got together with all of his stuntmen friends, wrote a terrible script, terrible script. It's worth it though, and basically just put every type of stunt imaginable. This was back in the days when they used to jump out of buildings onto the big blow up. This guy does probably a 30-story window jump onto a mat, you know? And I was talking to a guy who used to live across the street from me who was a stuntman. He actually does Mandalorian. He did some Spider-Man stuff. And I was like, so and he knew this dude immediately. He's like, oh, that guy's a legend. There was fire, motorcycles, multiple gigantic explosions. People like leaning out of cars and shooting. There was an airplane bit. It was just every stunt you could do. They flew, oh my gosh. They flew a helicopter through Waco, Texas. Is it about... in USA? Yes. Dude, I know it? the director or the cinematographer. Sorry. Okay. So I did the sound. They they, they remastered it in 5.1 and I did the mix. That's so hilarious. I added all the- I've never the seen it, dude. I've been dying to see it, to be honest with you. It was shot we, in my home. That should be the next one that we do because it is- You have access to it? Terrible. It, but it's awesome. There's a, there's a scene where they fly a helicopter- through downtown Waco, about 30 feet off the ground, no permits. So people on the people that are on the street are like, what is happening? <laughs> they did a whole car chase scene, no permits. Just one guy with a camera, one guy in a car, let's go drive through Waco. How many it, fines did they get for that? Zero. They just paid a bunch of, they just bought a bunch of people beer and paid for hamburgers and everybody could be in the movie. Texas. That was the 70s. I like that one. So that's a that's a lot of mumbling. That's a lot of yeah. beats. <laughs> but did you hear Jim really clearly? That's all that matters. <laughs> Mumblecore. Um, so let's go. We went through the numbers already a little bit. So John Wick, uh, the budget was like twenty million. Um, it grossed. Now, now, hang on. You said that, but on Amber's notes, it um, says a hundred million. The is there a discrepancy budget for John error? Wick Four? Is a hundred million? That was an error on my part. What? Sorry, that is very uncharacteristic of me. <laughs> ah, gotcha, yes. gotcha. So yeah, so John Wick Four cost a hundred million to make. But John Wick won only between 20 and 30. Gotcha. Um, it grossed about uh, opening weekend only 14.4 million. Total US gross was 43 million, and the worldwide gross was 87 million. But because it's such a cheap movie, not bad because it's the first one. And I'm sure oh. rentals and streaming and everything after the oh, other movies it's came made out. Immense. Made immense. Immense. Yeah. And the runtime, uh, I think Amber mentioned this already, in one hour and 41 minutes. So, what do the critics think? Well, John Wick. It received general positive reviews on the website Rotten Tomatoes. The film has an 86% rating uh, from the 219 critics that uh, rated it. And it has an average score of 6.9. What? So That's John Wick with a 6.9? John 9? Wick, 6. Yeah, 6.9 for Is this when it came out? Or this is, is when it came out. Okay. Is when it came out. Uh, Metacritic, it's a little different. Metacritic, the score was 68 out of 100, um, but it's only based on about 40 critics. But the audience score was 8.1. So the audience score is definitely higher. So okay, Metacritic. That makes some more sense. So you know I love me some Metacritic 
names. So I picked, this is going to be a hard one to pick because all the names are really good. And um, Steve put some good names in here too. So it's going to be hard to pick Steve's. Um, I can't so, look at the thing. <laughs> yeah, look for the palindrome. <laughs> so Metacritic, uh, this first guy is Medicaine. And he was not a fan of John Wick. John Wick is colon cancer. Hollywood needs to untuck its head from its ass. This is KR's worst ever movie. Seriously, he was better in Dracula, his version, which was also garbage. That was Steve. So he gave it a zero. <laughs> um, the next one is The Russianator. One of the most original action movies that come out in recent history. This flick makes good use of Keanu Reeves' badass performance, amazing stunts, and great mafia world. This is to be explored in the sequel. That was The Russianator. He gave it a nine. And this Great. is uh, Karate Kiddo. Um, he said, or she said, the kids <laughs> said, I enjoyed most of this movie. I felt like much of the fighting was too choreographed. It didn't seem like they were actually fighting. Keanu Reeves' acting saved the movie, though. His heartache and determination were evident. All in all, a good movie. But being a fighter myself, I know that some of those moves were so planned out that any real fighter would have torn his ro rotator cuff in a few seconds. Okay, so now I think we I think we should guess independent like I didn't believe guess now rather than having yeah. to try to yeah let's guess things. now before yeah so Medicaine who thought John Wick was colon cancer the Russianator who loved the movie and Karate Kiddo who uh, thought it was good but the fighting wasn't realistic it feels like Steve did too <laughs> <laughs> I wrote all three of them well done again Jim Bravo very very He's good so good at picking oh, up these reviews the only reason I'm gonna guess number one is because Dracula is such a stretch and Steve mentioned it earlier. I am leaning towards the first one myself. And Steve, yours was? Karate Kiddo! Dang. Rotator! Oh! Damn it! Someday. Nice. Rotator cuff. I thought, dude, oh, that's... the colon cancer was a good... Well done, Jim, because that's yeah. something I would say. Yeah. I just like couldn't believe that someone would dislike it that much. I'm and like, and I like I forgot that Dracula even existed until you I, said it. So I'm like, yeah. oh, that's been the go-to Keanu can't act movie for a long. Uh, you know, people talk shit about that movie. I like that movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, his part was a little weird because he was like, oh, Dracula, oh, can't you know, that, whatever. I'm British now. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go. You don't and know I that that's not how it went. <laughs> you weren't there. You weren't there. But it was so good uh, all all around him that it didn't bother me that much. He but they gave him that weird gray hair. Yeah, I know Buster. He didn't like it either. Oh, well that was really well done. I was totally fooled. So let's move on to Atomic Blonde, which uh premiered at South by Southwest on March 12, 2017 and was released that summer in July. Uh, the film was actually was a box office hit. It grossed $100 million worldwide. Um, it grossed $51 million in the U.S. It, um, it's one hour and 55 minutes. The budget is $30 million. So very comparable to John Wick. Um, also received pretty positive reviews. From Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score was 79%. And the audience score was 64%. So the top, the credits were a little higher, but the audience was a little lower. And I Medicare think it got a lot of goodwill from John Wick yeah. going in. Yeah, but financially, um, the numbers seemed like it beat John Wick. A little bit. It's also 2017, so, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel it, it from what Jim said, maybe John Wick didn't really take on until right. a year maybe after and uh even though atomic blonde wasn't as good it had like oh everyone wanted to go see it because john wick was a i wonder what the numbers would be today from all of the traction that john wick has gotten because i'm guessing that john wick had a lot of repeat viewing whereas atomic oh yeah blonde did not no no i 100 you agreed 100 percent. metacritic um it received a critic score of 63 and an audience score of 6.7 so not as not quite as high as John Wick as far as the Metacritic score goes. So, all right, these are the Metacritic reviews. Um, this one's going to be a little easier for you guys to pick because um, I did pick my one of my favorite critics, Epic Lady Sponge. So oh, I had I had a I had to use that to, one. So it's going to have to find that person. I and I was wondering, I'm like, how how am I always get, getting this? You know how many movies he reviewed on Metacritic? Fourteen hundred and thirty-eight. Oh my gosh. gosh. Up. Yes. This man has no, or lady has no other yeah. thing going on. Stop it. 
maybe they are actually a sponge. Maybe they can't yeah. move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I pick it because too, their word choices and their sentence structure, I have to read it. It makes me sound like, you know how a lot of times I stumble on my words? I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> no. No, I know. Say it ain't so. But sometimes it's not my fault. It could be the writing of like the critics, like Epic Lady Sponge. I'm going to read this just how it is. Try not to fumble over okay. it. If you're familiar with what they seem to give you that seems to be related to this, comma, then Atomic Blonde is predictable with its similarities, but not with the plot at least. Oh, you lost me already. That's a sentence. <laughs> I think a whole sentence is a palindrome. Um, if, you, if, if you are not, okay, I should read, I'm going to read the whole thing because you, you really got to get the whole thing together as all the words put together. It's a lot of words, just not put in the right order. Just put together. <laughs> so many, so many if, words. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start from the beginning. If you are familiar with what they seem to give you that seems to be related to this, then Atomic Blonde is predictable with its similarities, but not with its plot at least. If you are not, then it can give you surprising moments of eye candy madness that it will cause you not even pay attention to what is definitely going on. Definitely worth the shot if you're looking for something to see. <laughs> if you're looking for something to, to see, what you if I'm not looking you for something to see? What if I just want to hear it? Yeah, no, then don't watch this. But they did give it a seven, so it's not like they hated it. I want to find this person. Yeah, well, clearly I feel like I kind of know what they were trying to say. You, yeah. I will. Yeah, I know what they're trying to say. It's just not. Are you the yeah. Lady Sponge Whisperer? <laughs> <laughs> we need Jim's secret decoder ring. He figured it out. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a whole like thesis on his. Uh, God, uh, on I really wish we could find do a Lady person. Sponge omnibus. Yeah. <laughs> that would be right, great so... like a special guest. We could find. Exactly. <laughs> I know. So um, second review, Nuclear Brunette gave it a nine and they said best girl boss movie ever. Charlize Theron deserves a spot with Ridley from Aliens and Sarah Connor from Terminator. Really hit another level for female leads in action movies. The plot of this movie has so many twists and turns. It really left me guessing. The only downside, if there is one, was there were too many nude scenes. Although I love women, I don't appreciate gratuitous nudity. <laughs> Fine with all the violence. Violence is good. That's definitely an American a person. Step too far, but no, too many boobs. Um, and this one is Meth Dude. He gives it an eight. The soundtrack was amazing. The acting was excellent. The visuals were impressive, and the fight sequences impressive. Atomic Blonde definitely succeeded at being entertaining, interesting, and having good character development. While the twists in the end weren't very necessary and a little bit predictable, it's still a solid movie. Um, he's mm -hmm. on meth because it was not predictable. Yes. Yeah, I wasn't sure I agree. We've heard of from meth, dude. Is it? Yeah, I. You know what? I think we've heard from. Meth. I think I've Have used meth a name before meth. too. I think I, I used meth in a name before, maybe. Could be. There could have been definitely a meth in a name. I think that Steve is number two. That would be nuclear brunette. I'll go with the third one then. <laughs> oh, oh, meth dude. Meth dude. Meth dude. Okay, uh, Steve. Uh, the winner is Amber. With Yay. Uh, I made that one. Sorry, I made that one a little easier. There's only a choice between two. But nuclear brunette was a great name. Thank you. A mm -hmm. Really good name. But the yeah. the firm stance against booms was so like nah. I only <laughs> like one kind of nudity, and it's gratuitous. <laughs> I don't want whatever the opposite of that is. I have to think about it. It's full frontal or nothing. Like hearkening <laughs> back to Steve's notes, plus two. So, <laughs> do these topless bullshit. We do have to say, like, I mean, Charlie Saron took so many nude ice baths in that movie, like, not necessarily, but maybe she maybe she needed to take them for her sore muscles. Yeah, I was like, going to say that's the only way she could recover. <laughs> she was yeah, like, what was that? What if that was her like James McAvoy's like I need to be more in the third act and she's like I just got to be in some nude ice baths, please. <laughs> I can just hang out here. Do your and everyone's thing. like, "Uh, okay." Right, nobody was complete. You guys cool with that? Everybody all right with that? Yeah? Okay, you can do that anytime you want. It's fine. Oh, and also Sorry. you know how they had that the one uh girl on girl scene which like that was Got me questioning of what whether I could also see some girl on girl action. It was pretty pretty hot. And in the comics, in the graphic novels, that character, that 
Um, what is her name? It's a very strange name. It was a tough name. She's Del Algerian. Delfina, I think Delfina is the character's name. I don't know the actress's name or don't recall it offhand, but that was a male character in the comic books. And it was decided to kind of bring something a little bit more contemporary to the time. So they wanted to switch it out and not just have the normal boy girl scene. So I appreciated that. I actually yeah. think that that brought a little bit more to her character. I appreciated it too. <laughs> not according to your review, you didn't. <laughs> I was trying to throw everybody off. It did not work. They were so <laughs> right through my ruse. Indeed. Oh, yeah, John Wick is a masterpiece of yeah. action movie cinema. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much better. If you're looking for that kind of a movie, it it it, it is the, I think, the top of the pyramid. If you're looking for something to see. <laughs> <laughs> Without gratuitous nudity, yes. Yeah. Oh, that was the only thing it was missing was a little gratuitous. I mean, I would go for some Keanu. I don't care. Just some gratuitous nudity. It doesn't matter who. I mean, it was you want a naked shower fight scene. Like fair fight scenes because all of the action scenes were amazing. But yeah. John Wick just trumps. Just such a great franchise. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a that's a wrap then. That's our show, everyone. So. I was having trouble finding the button. Oh. That's what she said. Oh. Bravo. <laughs>